Hey everybody, Yislike here. Thanks for tuning in today. Before we start the episode, I want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by A Thousand Dreams, a developing adult liberal arts curriculum that celebrates transgression in most of its forms. Currently, the curriculum is comprised of a daily blog, four weekly podcasts, weekly multimedia lectures, a book vlog, lots of extra content on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest, and a Patreon that includes exclusive content and early access to much of our regular content. You can access all of our content, including a link to our Patreon, from our central hub at a thousanddreams.org. Please send comments and questions about the curriculum to a thousanddreams.org at gmail.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. So while I was researching for this episode, I found an article about power imbalances in relationships in a blog about being comfortable. The title of the blog is Sweatpants and Coffee, and its mission is to, quote, inspire people to be their most comfortable selves, mentally, emotionally, and physically. When you are comfortable in yourself and in your life, you can do anything, end quote. The article is titled, Nine Signs of a Power Imbalance in Your Relationship. And I'm going to read some of the highlights from the article. Healthy and happy romantic relationships are usually made up of two people who treat each other as equals. So how can you know if there is a power imbalance in your relationship? Here are some signs to look out for. One, one partner makes all of the decisions. If decisions for both of you are always made by the same person, this may be a sign that this partner is holding a dominant role over the other. This is a red flag. Two, there are rules in the relationship. If one partner constantly sets rules for the other, who has no say in the matter, this is unhealthy behavior. Three, one partner demands things they don't give the other. One of the clearest signs of an imbalance in power is when expectations of each partner differ from each other. Number four, independence is discouraged or even prevented. It is extremely common for controlling partners to prevent or attempt to prevent their partner from having any independence. Number five, only one partner ever apologizes for anything. If every disagreement you have results in the same person apologizing and the other refusing to, this is a sign that one of you is held to different standards than the other. Number six, work is not fairly shared. If both partners are working all day, but only one is expected to do the chores, there's probably an imbalance of power. Number seven, the threat of physical intimidation is present. One of the clearest signs of an unhealthy power imbalance is a feeling of physical intimidation around your partner.
Hi, everyone. Welcome to Season 3 of Meet the Rockadopolis. I'm Yislike Rockadopolis. And I'm Lance Rockadopolis. And in this episode, we're going to provide an overview of our third season, in which we'll focus on, one, expanding my dominion over Lance, my consensual slave and life partner, and two, sharing our perspectives on real-life power exchange. So some of our listeners may have noticed that I deleted my FetLife account. I had been on the site for around seven years total, and I have to admit that overall, it has not been a very positive experience for me. Leaving FetLife was a profound act of self-care, and it took a huge weight off of my mind. I'm someone who was professionally trained to think critically and be critical of other people's ideas and perspectives. And FetLife really shifted that part of my brain into maximum overdrive. Critical thinking is a great skill to have, but it doesn't always have to be so fucking negative. And it was very easy for me to wallow in negativity on FetLife, where complaining and calling people out is practiced like an Olympic sport. FetLife did afford me plenty of opportunities to exercise my worst intellectual instincts, but doing so never ended up feeling meaningful or empowering. It was just a continuous exercise in frustration and righteous indignation. But now all of that is over and I can feel my horizons expand by the minute It's kind of like the feeling I had when I quit my teaching job and my husband all in the same month. Very liberating. Not that I didn't learn anything on Fat Life. I learned a lot, especially when I first joined. And one thing that I learned was a definition of BDSM that has stuck with me over the years. So this definition is that BDSM is kink plus power exchange. Kink is the play part, the sadomasochism, the mind fucks, the body modifications, the role play, etc. Power exchange is the dominance and submission. It's the sub giving up some or all of their power to the dom for various lengths of time. It's the control over what I do, what I wear, what I eat, where we go in our free time, and actually how I eat. No lip smacking for me or else I get smacked. I would not smack him for lip smacking, just so you know. He (laughs) wishes that I would, though. That's true. So can kink and DS be separated? Of course they can. Many people do kink without any kind of power exchange at all. And many vanilla couples do power exchange without kink. So while Lance and I do mingle the kink and power exchange in many ways... In this season, we're actually going to separate the kinky part of our relationship and the power exchange part into two separate podcasts. The Kinky Play podcast is called Ars Erotica, which is a term used to describe skills and practices associated with erotic pleasure. The podcast is Patreon only, and it can be found on our new Meet the Rockadopolis Patreon Here on the Meet the Rockadopolis podcast, we're going to be focusing on power exchange, 
which can be very erotic in itself, but in 24-7 total power exchange, which is the type that we practice, it also requires a tremendous amount of personal development, introspection, patience, overall a pretty high level of emotional intelligence, especially given how little support we enjoy from the outside world. Neither of us can really turn to family members or old friends to help us figure out how to navigate the rough spots. But what is extreme about our relationship? If many vanilla marriages are male-based power exchange relationships, is it the kink part that makes it extreme? Or is it the fact that what we're doing is total power exchange? That's a good question. I, I think part of the extremeness is, in fact, that our TPE is explicit and completely consensual. I mean, this degree of power exchange would be considered extreme even in the most conservative Christian domestic discipline, male-led vanilla relationships. I would also say that the eroticization of power in romantic relationships also lends a certain transgressiveness to our dynamic. Many people would agree that power is sexy, but for some reason, acknowledging the very obvious fact that sex wields power beyond the quote-unquote bedroom somehow feels dangerous, maybe because it challenges our notions of free will and personal autonomy. In college, I took a class on the anthropology of Islam, and at one point, the professor talked about how in many parts of the Islamic world, women are required to cover much of their bodies because supposedly Islamic men would become so aroused by the sight of female skin and female curves that they wouldn't be able to control themselves from attacking the women sexually right then and there. Whereas in the so-called Western world, we supposedly have developed stronger internal sexual impulse control. So there's this sense of eroticism as dangerous, that it could potentially overwhelm us, overwhelm our will, if we don't take measures to control ourselves and to control others. So our relationship has lasted four and a half years and counting, and we've survived a lot of stressors, including COVID, a really bad divorce, tumultuous job situations for both of us, and of course, living 60 miles apart. Yes, but I feel like we're on the right path. Basically, you want the power and I don't want any of it. And that's really a basic thing that many couples don't think about or contemplate. They just wing it, assuming a 50-50 partnership is the right thing to do. And subsequently, they fight over control over every little thing, you know, all the petty little things. In our relationship, our roles are clear. You're the boss and you're in charge and that's not going to change. And so far, neither of us has flagged at all in our commitment to our roles. But there are definitely still areas where our relationship can improve. For example, we, both of us, can always approve in terms of emotional intelligence. I think understanding ourselves and each other emotionally 
is still somewhat challenging, maybe because we have such different backgrounds and dispositions in a lot of different ways. Yes, we've talked about that in the past. Uh, We've mentioned and talked about me being less defensive and speaking in a tone of voice that is not challenging to your authority. It's a struggle for me to even realize that my tone of voice is affecting you negatively. And there are also a lot of new things for us to try. And now that I've sprung myself from the ivory dungeon, I'm feeling a lot freer to try forms and techniques of power and control that aren't necessarily developed and sanctioned by the kink world. We still want to learn more about BDSM from real-life people in conversations and classes, high-quality sources from the kink world, and there's also the historical accounts and practices of BDSM from, you know, over the last 250 years or so. But there are also so many other resources to check out. So at times we're going to be sidestepping conventional wisdom about BDSM because unfortunately the kink world is as ruled by conventionality as the vanilla world is, if not more so. So is this the cognitive dissonance that you experienced on FetLife? I mean, it's a site that is supposedly dedicated to open-minded discussion of kink, and yet so many of the people that are on it are so vehemently opposed to the basic principles of BDSM and, and, you know, the BDSM lifestyle, you know, like the objectification of another person, the loss of autonomy of a person and treating him like a slave. And they say that it's so wrong. It seems to me that using the term slave on FetLife is even risky. Yeah, it definitely is. Talking about our power exchange relationship in an open and honest way is also problematic nowadays. Instead, FetLife seems to be focused on promoting the vanillification of BDSM. Yes, the conventionality just kind of makes my brain want to explode, especially when it's so rapidly enforced. Another thing that you've noticed, it it seems like that it's becoming a place to promote one's pornography. Not that there's anything wrong with pornography, I guess. But it's a very vanilla form of, of pornography. Right. And, I mean, there's this thing where a lot of young ladies will be posting all kinds of very intimate pictures, you know, like, for example, of their bleached assholes. And then in a discussion group, they'll be, you know, railing against receiving dick pics. It's like opposite day there. It, it it really beggars belief how much cognitive dissonance there really is on that site. But anyway, that's the past. And this season is about looking toward the future. Right now, I am reading Robert Greene's 48 Rules of Power. And I'm also going to be digging into Sun Tzu's Art of War and Machiavelli's The Prince. Basically, just to find new ideas and new perspectives on power and how it's best wielded. So a goal that I have for myself and one that you have given me is to keep improving my emotional intelligence and to be able to communicate with you in a way that suits you. 
And therefore, I need to be mindful of my tone of voice and the words that I choose. Do you think uh, I need to improve in any other way? To be honest, not really. At least not that I know of at this point. The emotional intelligence piece is still very important, and you're still working on it and making rapid progress. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. But I think I have a bit farther to go when it comes to making my needs known in a timely fashion. I mean, as far as I can tell, you were a fully developed slave when I met you. It really seems to come very naturally to you. I think you just needed someone to really, really love you for it. You've mentioned to me how miraculous our relationship is, and I do feel the same way. It's miraculous that you love me for my submissiveness when there is so much negativity in the world against men being that way. So additionally, we'll both be working on a set of real-world goals, how to best use Lance more effectively to help me accomplish those goals. Since the beginning of our relationship, Lance has often found ways to deliberately stoke my ambition and even my grandiosity. I'm sure there's a sexual component to um, his interest in that. It is about time that I take him up on his offers to help me achieve several major life goals. Yeah, when you say use me, there are no sexier words that you could say. I would love that, and I'd love to be used, especially by you. <laughs> Not everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so here are four real-life long-term goals that we expect to achieve within the next two years. So the first one is that we will have established a successful multimedia publishing house that... So the first goal is to have established a successful multimedia publishing house that will produce the podcasts, books on topics pertaining to BDSM, counterculture, and other forms of ideological transgression. We will be legally married and living together full-time. We will add at least one additional fully-collared slave to our household, and we will be based in the UK, hopefully somewhere in East Sussex in the south of England. So that should all keep Lance pretty busy, don't you think, Lance? Mm -hmm. Undoubtedly, slaves don't need that much sleep. Also, it may even incentivize me to get uh, help and help you find other slaves. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Thank you very much for joining us today. In our next episode, we'll discuss the role of physical force and physical control in our relationship. Until then, have a great week. <laughs> <laughs>